oftentimes, after a, a tough, tough couple of days, and it's not too often that between school and church activities that I am, am, am not here on almost a daily basis, in and out, if you will, but, but there, there's something about this property, there's something about St. Margaret Mary, and I'll tell anybody who listens, but you know, there are times when you get beaten down, um, you might have negative thoughts, my attitude, speaking for myself, I'm saying you might, my attitude might not be where it should be, or I, I, I might not have handled things right. But when I pull onto this property, I feel refreshed, and I feel the beginnings of reconciliation. It makes me happy. And when I walk in this building, it makes me even happier. And things melt away, and you feel like, you feel like a fresh start. Not to mention when we receive the Eucharist and avail ourselves of the sacraments, but just to be here, we can feel God's effort, his outreach to reconcile the world, as we read about in our second reading today. Reconciling the world, becoming missionaries of, of, of Christ, going out and, and carrying the message, carrying the love, carrying the mercy out into a world that so desperately needs it. And when I, last night I was still going over the gospel as I tend to do before I preach, and. Um, my wife, Amy, my lovely wife, she said, read it to me. I'd like to, you know, give you my thoughts. And so I, I read it to her, I guess it was yesterday afternoon. And she said, when I, amongst many things, she said, when I hear it, I immediately think of unconditional love. Unconditional love keeps popping into my mind. And certainly, brothers and sisters, doesn't that sum up this gospel reading, this powerful, powerful parable today, unconditional love of the Father. Wow. There are so many angles in this gospel. Where do we fit in? How do we see ourselves here? Or do we see ourselves in all three? Hopefully we do, uh, because certainly I think all of us have found ourselves in probably similar circumstances, and we certainly strive to be like the Father, but many times we might find ourselves rotating a little bit back and forth between the two sons. And I guess that's why the gospel is so powerful. But when we start with the son who messed up, the prodigal son, boy, I can see myself in that. Uh, we, how many times, because God has given us, just like this father did, he's given us the power to go out into the world and do things the way we choose to do them, the power to make decisions, the power of free will. And how many times have we run into a dead end or perhaps even fallen flat on our face? Countless for me. Um, and we, we, we see in the sun uh, the, the bottoming out and the hopelessness, uh, envying the meal of a, of a swine is where he wound up by following his own ideas and abandoning his father. And yet here the father was waiting for him. But the son did get to that point and come back to him, and that's a beautiful thing. Then we see the other son, the good son, the good son who did everything his father wanted, but then when we look a little beneath the surface, he's got some, some, some attitude adjustments that need to be made, and certainly we can see ourselves in that. I can see myself in that on a regular basis. When we do happen to get it right by the grace of God, sometimes it's easy to look at somebody else and, and say, well, wow, look, look what they're doing. I'm doing this right. Why should that happen for them? These are all pretty basic human things that we all have to work through. You know, there's another thing about that son that is interesting. He, the, the, the good son, felt that he had to earn his father's love. 
Father, look what I've done. I did what you told me. I was obedient to you. I've gone down the boxes, checked every box, done what I'm supposed to be to be the good son. Don't you love me more than your son who messed everything up? But that's not where the father was coming from. The father had unconditional, endless love and mercy to offer both of his sons. He loved them equally. He loved them infinitely. And he would always forgive either one of them. That love is there no matter what they do. Just like the love of our Father in heaven is there for us no matter what we do. How easy it is for us to feel, you know, if I get to Mass regularly, or if I treat that person a little nicer, or if I make this good decision, then God will be happy with me. God's going to love me. No, God already loves us. God is already beside us. God never leaves us. God never pulls away from us. We pull away from Him like the first son. But He's waiting there for us. Then let's talk about the Father. Not only is he there waiting for us, he's running to us. That Father, you know, in, his, in, in that culture, the Father was clearly a very, a very important patriarch, a powerful man, a man of, of, of strong standing in the community, high standing. It was undignified, particularly in that culture, for him to take off and run down the street to his son that had betrayed all of his wishes but he didn't care, no. All that son had to do was take that tiny effort to come back, and you could even question why he came back. It wasn't like he sat down and said, you know, I'm really not doing the right thing. Things are going pretty good for me, but I'm gonna go back to my father, no. He had to bottom out completely to the point where he had nothing to eat to go back to his father and beg forgiveness. But the father understood, just like the father understands with us, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, He's always waiting for us, waiting to run to us with his arms wide open. And when the father got there, he embraced his son and he loved him and he forgave him. Unconditional love. He took a beautiful robe and wrapped it around him. He took his ring and put it on his son's finger, which is highly significant. That ring empowered the son to go out into the world and act in, in, in place of his father gave him the power to buy and sell, make decisions for the family. He received all of the dignity of the father just for coming back. That's how much. The father didn't stand back and say what sometimes humans have a tendency to say when they do decide to forgive. Well, I forgive you, but I won't forget. Or I forgive you, but it's going to take some time. We're going to have to see how things go. All of these conditions that we attach to forgiveness sometimes not with, our, not with our loving Heavenly Father in heaven, not with the Father in this parable. No, he was ready to completely embrace him and restore him to dignity. He didn't care how it looked. He didn't, he didn't care about the people that watched him running down the street and thought he was a fool for, uh, for running back to his son who was probably taking advantage of him. All of these judgments that could have been going on, it doesn't matter. The Father is always there with infinite mercy and love. So. We must ask ourselves, are we ready to accept that love? Because as we said, he never draws away from us. We tend to draw away from him by bad decisions sometimes, but he's always ready for us to come back and restore us to full, full communion with him, to reconcile. Are we willing to accept it into our hearts, brothers and sisters? Are we willing to forgive ourselves? And even more importantly, after we've done that and we've received that reconciliation, are we willing to pass it on? In the Lord's Prayer that we're about to pray again, that all of us pretty much pray at least once a day, surely, uh, Jesus says to ask for forgiveness based on how we're willing to forgive others. Many of us, maybe all of us, have somebody in our life 
that we struggle with where forgiveness is concerned. I, I know I do, and I know people do with me. Um, are, are we willing to unconditionally forgive? And you know, forgiveness might just be one of the easiest ways, not the easiest, but one of the most powerful and effective ways that we can emulate our Heavenly Father. We can never love as much as He does. We can never do many things as much as He does, but we can forgive with a pure heart. It's in our power to forgive and to let go. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to receive it? Are we willing to pass it on? Lent is a wonderful time to think about these things. And there will be many, many opportunities for a very tangible way of receiving the Father's forgiveness. And that is through the powerful sacrament of reconciliation. We'll have many opportunities to do that before Easter Sunday and, and during Holy Week. Give it prayerful consideration and perhaps even invite somebody that we haven't seen in a while, perhaps invite them to go to reconciliation with us, not at the same time, <laughs> but, um, but to go together, to, invite, to, to extend that invitation. Because brothers and sisters, doesn't the world around us need some reconciliation? Doesn't it need the peace and joy that comes from forgiveness and being communed with God? We have the opportunity to receive that love, just like the two sons did from the Father. We have that opportunity to receive it in abundance and the responsibility to carry it out into a world that so desperately needs it. So let us remember always that as we do this and as we fall short and stumble and we will, and our brothers and sisters will, our loving Heavenly Father waits in heaven for us with arms wide open, ready to rush to us and embrace us in his love. Amen.